Coming up on the Front Page Football Podcast, we've got another A-League Men Reaction Pod, and I am joined by FPF writers Matt Olsen and Cody Ajada as we dissected Brisbane Roar's 2-0 home defeat to Melbourne City last night in the second round of the A-League Men. And uh, yeah, a lot of talking points out of that one, which we will get to in a moment. And yeah, hopefully looking to make this a bit of a weekly feature on the Front Page Football Podcast platform, reacting to Friday night games in the A-League Men and looking ahead to uh, Saturday, today's games as well. Of course, uh, a massive game later tonight with Melbourne Victory hosting the Western Sydney Wanderers as well. But without further ado, I'm your host, Christian Marchetti, and we'll be back right after this. Okay, so the A-League men round two kicks off with Melbourne City beating Brisbane at Suncorp Stadium 2-0. Naboo and McLaren with the goals in the first half. And uh, I am joined for another mini reaction podcast. Looks like we're going to be doing these on a weekly basis. Matt Olsen joins me again. Matt, how are we? Not too bad, Christian. That's good. And Cody Ajada joins me. Cody, how are you going? I'm doing well. Okay, um, first of all, let's start off, let's get straight into this, um, and let's get straight into the Brisbane side. So, I- I'm going to just pose a question here, straight off to begin with. Um, so, we obviously know that was a shit performance from Brisbane. So, on a scale of 1 being, it was shit, but there were moments, to 10 being, oh my god, I'm questioning everything about that club, where would you rate the level of shitness of that uh, of that Brisbane performance? Let's honestly, let's just get straight to it because um, are we talking performance or how we're expecting their season to go now as a whole? No, 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 performance. Just tonight. Just performance, tonight. Oh, that's closer to ten. Then that was. I'm not even going to say. I don't want to use the word shit. I'm going to say unimaginative. Yeah, I'll be, it's a good I'll word. be nice. Yeah, 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 Matt. Um, it's really hard for me to not look at the overall picture because like, I want to be, I want to be nice about it mostly because I'm a really big fan of Warren Moon. Um, but I guess, look, if we're talking about tonight alone, yeah, you can't go any, any lower than like an eight or a nine, right? Like it's, (laughs) Mm. um, yeah, just don't know what to say. Um, so really, you know, again, it's only round two and we have to put things into Mm. perspective, but it's painfully obvious that this team is not going any higher than 10th or 9th. Yeah. I love how you went. Um, it's only round two. And then you made a prediction around their season. Um, <laughs> straight, well, well, no, cause I'm like, I understand. I understand that you have to put things into perspective, but like, that's how bad they were. It's that obvious. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Look, I've made a point to myself not to overreact to the first like five rounds. I think we were talking about this last week, Matt, uh, when we were talking about the city, like the West United performance and I, last I week. And I still did. I still and you still did quite a bit. I know, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to teach you here. You need to take on board the advice. You know, just, just, just give it four or five weeks, Matt. But your whole point is that like they were that bad, and I'm just, I'm just, you know, no, agreeing no. on that. Like it's, it was, yeah. it was that bad. It's that much of a hot button issue that yeah. like it's, it's rooted them to a very uncomfortable position. Yeah. So, anyway, both teams 
they came in unchanged. Uh, and of course, 100 games for Jamie McLaren. He marks it with a goal. Uh, and what do we think about the McLaren celebrations? He was he was not afraid at all to give it to the Den. I was like, wow. I mean, I know it's obviously been some time since he's been a Brisbane player and that that's all kind of, you know, he, he's had that that part of his career is over. But um, he was, yeah, in their face with that uh, penalty. I don't know if he was getting some sticker in the game. But um, yeah, goal for him, I believe, was goal number 80 for Melbourne City in 100 games, which is just like fucking unbelievable. Like really, when you look at it, I mean, that's now, I think, because uh, I was actually looking at Saturday, he's got, Going into the game was, I think, 79 goals and 13 assists in 99 games. So that now works out to 80 goals, 13 assists. You're looking at 93 goals and assists in 100 games. Like that is literally a goal or assist every game for, for Melbourne City. Um, so Jamie McLaren, incredible. Um, not like he was amazing tonight, but but uh, took his penalty well there to score. Uh, I thought Matthew Leckie, who I was kind of banging a drum about last week, was, was very sharp again. And... Uh, Looks like he's kind of playing his cards well for the for the Socceroos sides of things, uh, Cody. Well, Graham Arnold's kind of made a statement, especially over the last international break. Mm. He's got no interest in not having Lecky in the side. In the game where he said he was going to play the kids, Lecky was obviously the senior player that stayed around. And look, I was, I was a little bit worried about him coming into this season, um, just the way he's been playing with the Socceroos and how he ended the last season. He did take a bit of time to get into it. Mm. And then towards the end, kind of fizzled out as well. But I thought this season he was going to struggle, but he's looking quite the opposite. He's actually looking like he's probably going to be one of more key players in the competition this year. Mm. Look, a fully fit Matthew Leckie, it will be a delight for all of us. So can't really complain there. And then if he takes that form into the Socceroos, can't complain again either. But yeah, it's great for City, great for the league. Hopefully mm. it kicks on. I also like uh, Thomas Lamb's really impressed me. I think in these first couple of games, I really like him as a defender. Um, really comfortable on the ball. And particularly in that first half, some of those defense splitting passes, not defense splitting, but just breaking the lines um, by playing into those those tens that City have, the Leckies, the Barishas, uh, and and really kind of breaking Brisbane open like that. Uh, then, of course, we had the Taras Kamulka red card in the second half. Um, I don't know what you guys think about it. For me, it wasn't a red. Um, I thought it... The, the shins look like they collided and it's just one of those ones where because Truins got to the ball first and he's poked it away first, when Gamulka comes in, it looks like he's kind of cleaned him up. But the replay for me just, just suggested that was maybe just a little bit of a knock of shins and, and Gamulka doesn't really press down on him at all with his studs. But uh, I know what you guys thought about that. It's difficult because Truin, when Truin is is sort of lunging in for the ball as well, his, his, I guess you could say his, his foot is sort of leaning upward upward as well. And so as a result of that, it's, it's again, it's one of those things where it's going to appear a bit worse than what it is. Mm. Mm, but, um, you know, Taras has still obviously made a, a pretty poor decision in how he's approached it. So, I, I, like, I don't, I don't think it's like a really disgraceful red card, but it's, yeah, like uh, the verdict is that it's a 50-50 for sure. I think it can be justified. The way he went in, like, if I'm looking at that real time, I would have given a red as well. I was sitting there, it took me. Yeah, real time, real time for sure. But even then, it took me two or three replays. Then they go, "Oh, okay, yeah, maybe there's a case. It's not to be red." But but and then we always say we want VAR to be quick. We don't want them taking two or three minutes to make that decision. So if he's going to stick with it, I've got no problem with it or not. Honestly. But I mean, he stuck with it after making like taking four minutes though. Yeah, that's a, yeah. It took like, me four minutes to really start questioning it. But if you're taking 
one minute instead. But it, it, it's, it's natural human nature, isn't it? Like the longer you're going to look at something, the more you're going to start to like make the case in your own head around around the exactly. other side. Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm kind of glad he did stick to his own decision mm. because we don't see that enough as well. Yeah, and then Matt, because we're obviously you know texting and stuff during the game. Matt made an interesting point around how the commentators were were building up the narrative that it was going to be overturned, and then um and then Tim Danaskos just comes in and was like, "No fucking way, uh, I'm sticking to the decision." So, yeah, yeah, and and this is again, I made the point last week, and I don't, I'm trying not to to really mull over this too much, but again, like it's it's the VAR makes a, makes a decision like that even more sort of controversial because replays do look a lot worse than any set decision does in real time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so 2-0, of course, at halftime. And yeah, really, Brisbane, they just just kind of come out. I thought first 15, you know, whatever, both teams kind of filling each other out. And then just once that first goal went in, it just seemed like, it almost seems like Brisbane tonight, they were like, they just seemed like, it was one nil, but it felt like like two or three already. I don't know, I don't know, uh, Matt, if that's how you felt, but it just it just felt like they seemed a lot further down than what they really were because there was just no spirit about the way they were playing. There was no intent to press. Um, there was no intent to play to play forward to to try and feed the Danzakis of this world, you know, the Armientos, these sorts of guys, and try and get them get them in attacking areas and. Yeah, I thought Charlie Austin, as the game kind of wore on, was was just getting increasingly frustrated, and uh, particularly there were quite a few times where Armiento picked up the ball on the left hand side, and perhaps he should have whipped the ball in, and he didn't, and he just kind of looked over to Austin, and you just kind of saw this, ah, you know, fucking just I'm not getting service tonight. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. They just seem very tailor made around that Austin has to get service, but if they're not going to deliver it, then it kind of looks like what's your plan B. And that that was very evident for me uh, out of that game. I think the issue is that they they just they were probably quite overconfident in their own abilities, given that the, the MacArthur game went fairly well, and they were also very did, did it like on... no, I'm not saying I'm not saying like I know it went I know it went uh, well for them and 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 they they played alright, but like it seems like like I know Austin said after the game like we battered them and stuff and it was like I mean did you like really batter them I don't know like oh well, well no no but yeah. more more to my point from the way that the the team particularly set up tonight mm. my my point is that they they figured they were going to play it extremely safely and they figured that a safe approach would be enough mm. because things went well last week it it became apparently obvious after you know the 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 first sort of 15 20 minutes where they were sort of trying to find their feet that that you know, it, it became more obvious over that time that their approach wasn't going to be enough, um, and it and it it just like they conceded a goal and they didn't really have a response and they're kind of set in that in that one mode and finding that plan B is impossible, and um, you know I think it's just it's something that teams that are stuck towards sort of the lower rings of of the competition particularly with with A-League football and particularly with the fact that that there's no incentive to be better, right? You you have a situation where clubs are pretty intent on setting up a certain way at the start of the season and they all just sort of mould and kind of change that one system. But because they know there's no, um, you know, punishment per se in the A-League, they like to stick with it and just see how that one game plan can go. And if you look over the past few seasons as Warren Moon's Brisbane have gotten worse and worse, 
the bulk of the idea and the consistencies in how they play, it's still there. So well, I think, I think from, this his, back, from his it, perspective, yeah. No, sorry to cut you off, but the 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 back three kind of system that he does seem to keep persisting with. I'm not look again. New season. Uh, there's a few different players in there, of course. Danzaki's back, uh, and he and he works so well in a system like that before. But it, it just seems like they don't really have enough there to support some of the talent that they do have in the attacking areas. Of course, there was no Miller Usenich tonight. That was, a, of course, a big loss, um, and and that has to be talked about. But you know, um, when you got like like a Kai Truen, um playing like in a sort of midfield role, it just seemed like, is that really a guy who's been playing really centre-back for, for the last 12 months? Mm. It, you know, is that really the guy that you want supporting and trying to to provide service to your to your, um, to your more um, important threats in the attacking third? I, I just don't know. And it's a shame because they've got so many threats in their attacking third as well. Like mm. Brisbane Raw were a side that when I looked at their off-season business, I was really, really excited. You bring a Premier League caliber striker, even if it was only for a few seasons in Charlie Austin. You got Rico Danzaki back when he was in the league. It was the 2020-21 season. He was one of my favorite. Yeah, it was excellent. Dan- Danzaki was excellent. Yeah. And you got someone like Jay O'Shea, who was up there with the top top midfielders in the competition last year, despite being inside that finished mm. right near the bottom. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this team thinking, okay, they've made the right. They've made the right improvements. They're going to go on and do something this year. And you look at a game like tonight. I know we're talking instead of maybe they're just trying to fill Melbourne City out a little bit. But they honestly, to me, it looked like they played like a side that or were going into that game thinking we've lost this already and we'll just try and keep the score as low as we can. Yeah, well, I mentioned it. I mentioned it before um, to you guys as well. And like Austin before the game, he was interviewed and it was kind of like, oh, Melbourne City, the best team in the country. And it's like, it's almost like, you know, they're like so untouchable. And it's like, look, obviously they're a great team and stuff, but, you know, it's not like they're the champions. Um, you know, they, they relinquished that title last year. And we know that um, from last year in particular that they do have some frailties that you can get at and you can get them on the back foot. But it just seemed like the way Austin was talking before the game about Brisbane being the underdogs and stuff. And and you look at the Brisbane way uh, that was so successful under Postacoglia of, of actually, no, we're, we're playing our way and that's how we're doing things. And comparing comparing just that, um, of course, more bigger picture though, to to what we saw tonight. And that was very safe very calculated uh no risk and yeah it was just kind of like um okay guys are you going to show some endeavor in this game that 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 was just i was just waiting for it and then the red card came and there was still really nothing you know it just it didn't really change the game like you thought it would so um when that red card happened that was probably 30 seconds where brisbane kind of pushed forward a little bit quickly and i was like oh okay Maybe we're going to see them do something different. They've they've got the extra man, and they'll try and push forward. But I mean, but I mean, Cody. Yeah, but like, you know, you're playing against ten men, and with fifteen minutes to go, your strike has to drop in to start receiving the ball. Like yeah. that's that's a massive sign that it's like, what's going on here? Like, you know, you, you got to you got to get more, um, more, yeah, just 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 more going forward, and particularly like, you know, Hinger. Uh, and Courtney Perkins, Courtney Perkins was okay when he come on, but you know the positions they're receiving the ball in, like you know you need them on the last line, like high and wide, like really in that advanced area, so that it's one touch out of your feet and you can deliver the ball in, you well, know, yeah, uh, and was... really, yeah, really pin the city fullbacks back, and 
they just didn't do that. Uh, everything was in front of City at the end there. And uh, yeah, very comfortable. They saw that game out very comfortably. So Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was trying to say. Like you had that 30 seconds where it kind of went, okay, yeah, maybe they'll start putting pressure on now. But after that, went same game plan. We'll just hold, even if they do have the ball, they'll hold onto the ball, wait, mm. see if an opportunity will open up instead of trying to create something themselves. And when we read off some of the players have before, they've got creative players in their side, but they're still going with the same instance of, oh, hold on to the ball, we'll push it out wide, we'll put it across him. Mm. If you've got players like Danzaki and O'Shea who can take control of the game in the middle, let them. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, look, there's always there's always a couple of funny things to pick out um, from any other game. And um, I found it really, I, I found that, I'm not sure if you saw the, the halftime interview with Henry Hoare, um, but I, I just thought it was really funny because... Brisbane had just played a really terrible half of football and you've gone and got an injured player and asked him, you know, questions about, uh, about, you know, basically what a terrible half that was from, from his team. And it's kind of like Henry Hall's probably already down about not being able to play and getting injured before the season. And then it's like, here, Henry, let's pile it on with a few questions about how shit you guys were in the first half. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I just thought that was kind of funny, to be honest. Um, he's the one answering those questions. As I well. know, like, like, like I just found it odd. Someone like, that was on the field. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, bit, bit of a pile on sort of thing. Responsibility for it. Yeah. <laughs> and there was no, there was no sugarcoating it though. I think that was the issue. They've obviously Paramount Bus have obviously said like, you know, we want to talk to Hall. He's a he's a really important voice within the club, but they've obviously had to paint the picture of well, you were bloody shit that half, so. Yeah, I don't really know what the idea was behind. What fucks you over you know? as an interviewer when you go and like when you go and um interview someone and it's like, oh, hang on a minute, I can't sugarcoat these questions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know? Um, yeah, and then um, replacing the so since obviously Jamie Young, we know he's you know an unbelievable um post save rants um which were which were um uh, someone I saw of course posted onto Twitter last week. Uh, after Melbourne City game, um, one of the ones he did for Western, uh, which were really funny. Um, but yeah, he, he he made that kind of thing famous in Brisbane, and then since he's left, Tom Aldred has kind of taken up that mantle of um, you know, post mistake ranting, uh, which I think is which I think is really funny, uh, and probably the only thing that had redeeming value out of this Brisbane performance. So yeah, well, he's he's a fiery character. He's the kind of guy you want in this competition. He, he's an all access guy. He has to be. Yeah, uh, well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, how could you not like get get that guy mic'd up and just yeah, just just unfiltered and I just want to see how many f bombs are dropped. Really, when you're talking about that, you'd say the same thing for Jamie Young. You'd want to see that what exactly he's saying in those. More to the point. More to the place. point. More to the point. F bomb comparison. Corriga Aldred would be a nice one to be honest as well. So, um, yeah. But uh, anything else from a city point of view? What uh, you know? Any players who stood out, um, and I guess anything that you've seen in these first two games that that have really stood out from from the way they're playing. I think one thing you mentioned Thomas Slam before, actually, mm. and I like him. You know, he, he's just I don't know. He, he's he's one of those kind of. He reminds me a little bit of like a Lacroix. I know Lacroix, of course. Yes, yes, he had he had his shit game last week and this and blah blah blah. Oh, and still, in. But to me, he's still one of the top centre backs. That's what I mean. And and the second game doesn't ruin that. Yeah, like, but it's that composure, that kind of you know, that calmness. Like, I, I don't know. I just get that when I watch when I watch Thomas Lamb as well. The way I saw Thomas Lamb signing for Melbourne City, it kind of looked like it was going to be a replacement for Austin Griffiths, where he was kind of that DM figure, but mm. floating the centre back if only really if needed. And when Ray and Good are both fit again, they'll be the main um, centre back partnership. But 
it's funny because I was looking at I was actually looking at Thomas Lamb before it was even in the picture from Melbourne City. A little bit of story here. Um, I saw it, I was just going through free transfers on um transfer market as you do mm. because that's yeah. what my life has come to. Um, and I kind of looked at it, I sent it to a couple of mates, and I was like, wouldn't this be a good signing for Sydney FC? Because they needed obviously James Onyeki wasn't going to be centre back. Probably shouldn't be their starting centre back this season. I was kind of looking at him. There was all those talks about them looking for a visa centre back. No, this is the comeback year for James Onyeki. Don't, don't don't worry. He um he struck me as someone that would be. He looked like an A League signing from the outset. Mm. And I sent it to a couple of guys, and I was like, okay, well, would this be? I sent it to a couple of Sydney FC fans, and they're like, yeah, well, I'd actually love this guy. He's got a great CV. Um, then they went and signed Rodwell, who's a DM who can slot at centre back, which is what City were looking for. But then City went and signed Thomas Lamb. So it was kind of, I was kind of sitting there thinking. Sydney I wonder if Sydney were looking. Oh, I don't know. Maybe Sydney were looking at Thomas Lamb. Um, obviously, obviously I don't know about that. That probably would have been stupid not to, because you look at him mm. now; he's playing really well there. Mm. But when Rash and Gooda kind of come back, it begs the question, what's going to happen to Thomas Lamb? Are they going to slide him into midfield somewhere? Maybe they'll switch to a back three. But someone like him, if he's going to spend a lot of the season just sitting on the bench as well, I, I think that's going to be a bit of a waste. Yeah. Well, speaking of guys who are sitting on the bench and being a bit of a waste, Marco Tilio. Uh, um, <laughs> another another uh, on-the-bench appearance for for the supposed Socceroos bolter. But, um, I mean, Matt, you you brought it up last week as a potential storyline that's going to drag on. And the more public questions that Patrick Snorbo answers about it and the more times we see Tilio on the bench, this thing is going to intensify more, in my opinion. Really looking forward to the press conference, actually, because he is going to mm. probably be, be peppered with the question um, quite, quite a few times. Yeah. Um, he's not exactly going to talk about the hot button issue of Brisbane playing poorly. Um, so this will probably be one of the, one of the questions they fire at him. But um, I think, uh, you know, just on, on Melbourne City, um, uh, I actually uh, am, am liking that uh, Leckie uh, has, has found has found that form as Leckie well. Leckie just but looks like he gives Andrew, a shit this season. Is, is that just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, 100%. Yeah. But, but Andrew Naboo is actually making a lot of, a lot of um, mm. improvements as well, which... For two guys that are essentially veterans at this point, it's a very bizarre angle to the way that they're playing as a football club. Um, but Tilio as well, I mean, yeah, goodness me. We're there, so there's, you know, obviously Melbourne City have played their two games now, four games until until Qatar. Um, he, he doesn't stand a chance, right? Because no, he's just like, not going to play the minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Arnold was so, so abrupt, really, in the way he was kind of saying, like, you know, you have to be playing, you have to be informed, this, that, and the other. Uh, and I know, I know, Cody was saying maybe Lecky would be one of the only exceptions to that rule. But I mean, to be fair uh, to Lecky, he's actually played really well these first two games anyway. So exactly, he's never yeah. really had a dip in minutes. The only concern with him was his form. That there was a lot of times last season where people watching him in the A League thinking this guy's not soccer is quality, whereas now maybe it's a different story. Well, I think I saw a good point actually on Twitter before someone made about um, Lecky. People obviously saying about like you know shouldn't be in the squad, blah blah blah. You know, maybe he's just completely declined this, that, and the other. But you were saying that last year, but he still actually had a pretty decent goals and assists return. And particularly second half of the year um, was when he probably came into it a bit more. And it just seems like... Um, yeah, but, but Christian, yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember what I said last week about uh, Melbourne City? You don't notice the really, really good things. Like, you, you, it, it's... it's uh, because it's more of a system, right? It's the system that really yeah, gets exactly. the most out of them. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. 
no, and that's a uh, yeah. I like it. Just seemed like some of those things around City as well tonight. I will say that 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 kind of a part of that championship winning team uh, around, particularly the stuff with the fullbacks. I saw that again tonight. Fullbacks coming inside as midfielders. You know, partnerships down the right hand side between you know Talbot and Barisha. Barisha looks like he's going to slot in really nicely, uh, and he'll be a great addition for sure. Uh, and then Nabu as well down that right side. And then you had O'Neill, Lecky, and and Jordan Boss, who's just kind of gone strength to strength really every game he plays as well. And yeah, they just look like they've got some really nice nice rotations uh, happening on on each side of the pitch. And uh, yeah, they look good. They look good at the moment. So yeah, I mean, the main thing that really takes stock of after that game is Brisbane. And I guess, you know, don't overreact, but the important point here is that they've had two home games to start the season uh, against... Yes, two teams who are much better than them on paper, and we expect to finish above them this season. But that was an opportunity to maybe nick, you know, a three points, uh, particularly maybe last week against MacArthur, and really claim maybe a bit of a scalp. You know, get you know Austin buying in to what they're doing, get get some of these other players to really kind of invest uh, and and you know get some support around Warren Moon probably again because it it probably did tail off, uh, particularly towards the end of last season. I, I feel for Warren Moon because I don't know that it's... I mean, it, 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 on paper, it's his I feel like you're a Warren day, Moon apologist. I don't know. I, I am, though. I, I'll always stand up for the local coaches in, in this league, particularly when they're products of their own sort of state system. Um, it was the first of our article I wrote for Front Page Football was just about true, the yeah. local coaches and, and embracing them. So, uh, I don't know. I just... I think... And again, look... I, I, I am not a tactical genius, so I always talk about the, the overall issues and the systemic issues. So it's, not, it's nothing to do with the fact that it's round two. But I just can't help but think that one of Warren Moon's great undoings was the fact that he actually made the finals upon the first time of asking. Mm. And I think that, that the club on the whole play it really safe with him because they saw him as someone that would be this long-term success. It obviously hasn't been the case. You know what I mean? Um, but let's, yeah, I mean, let's not overreact. They, they, they do still have an upside. Um, they've just got to find a way to play their football on their terms, and that's not how they approach the game tonight. So there isn't really a whole lot more you can say yeah, other absolutely. than yeah, yeah. they really messed it up. Yeah, I just hope you don't have to be a Ruben Zakovich apologist in about five weeks' time either. <laughs> uh, uh, I've got him. <laughs> no, no, look. The the Ruben Ball thing is that it's just it's a continuation of what Richard Garcia was doing. The, oh, there's no, not here we the go. Now, now, from... now I've sent him on his way around a Perth. You, you have, Perth you have, and you, I think you need to apologise to the people listening <laughs> because I need they... to apologise. You've just tailed off into a, to a, to a bit of a Perth spiel. I, I'm just making you brought a it up. Yeah, you brought it up. <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> okay, bad hosting. Bad hosting. All right. Okay, but in all seriousness, Cody, uh, anything else you wanted to add? Um, I was going to just um, tail off on that point about Warren Moon making finals in that first season. He had he had a good squad in that first season, season as well. He had um, Macaulay Gillespie. I really hope I pronounced that name correctly. Um, you did. Jamie yeah. uh, Wenzel Halls. He had a very, very good squad there, and he probably got out of him what he should have. The next season, lost a lot of key players. I think a lot of people could see from a mile away they weren't going to do as well as what they did. Mm. There's, so there wasn't much he could do last season. Now he's got a half-decent squad again. And we're saying we don't want to overreact about one game. And the fact is, it's just one game. They've played really poorly, but 
that happens to the best of teams. I think the important thing for Warren Moon now is we know he's got this good squad. We know that they're definitely underperforming based on this game. How does he move on from this? If next week's the same thing, then you've got to start asking questions. Or if the next, then the week after, and the week after that, then there's just no improvement, it's the same thing. That's probably when you're going to start asking questions. He wouldn't do that now, of course. But how he reacts from this will definitely be probably a pivotal moment in his coaching career, if anything. Well, yeah, it has to be. I mean, if, if he's if he's the real deal, all this stuff about appointing, you know, a Queenslander and, you know, a lot of Queensland players coming into that system... Look, it, it, it's what we want to see. It's what we want the A-League to be about. But if it's not good enough on a results basis, you're going to have to take action, right? So let's see Warren Moon be the coach we know he can be and let's see this team actually do something about a very sticky situation. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next week, the Raw travel to uh, Western Sydney to take on the Wanderers. That should be interesting. And then it's the Melbourne Derby next Saturday night. So City are looking very primed for a big performance potentially in that game. But Melbourne Victory, of course, play uh, against the Wanderers today. So that is going to be very interesting because if the Victory, of course, win again, then both go in with two wins from two. Sets up for a really cracking derby. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's all from us. Uh, yes, Brisbane with some work to do. Melbourne City looking very good. 2-0 was how it finished for City. And uh, that concludes another episode of the FPF mini podcast and uh, hopefully, yeah, we'll see you next week.